Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. The boss wash. Everybody say the boss, the boss wash. That's hard to say. Try to say it, try to say it uh, three times fast. It's okay. Uh, receive it right now. <laughs> yep, the boss wash. We're going to talk about the boss wash today. And uh, John 13 and 1 is where we're going. And while you're turning to John 13 and 1, I want to say to our campers, you did a great job this past week. Thank you to all the kids for being great and doing great. They participated. Um, our, our girls were in uh, kickball, and they got first place. Our girls did. Savannah, Avalyn, was it first place, right? Okay, making sure. And then they did some quizzing. And I know you're not surprised at this, but Savannah got, first, got a gold first place gold medal in her quizzing division at Kids Camp. Hey, and that's a tough district over there. That's a tough district. And then Avalyn got a silver, and then Julian got a bronze. So our team, our team did great. They did amazing. So we are so thankful. We are so grateful for our kids going to kids camp. And thank you, parents, for sending your kids to kids camp. And it's just amazing. It's powerful, and our kids need that. John 13 and 1. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, Having loved his own, which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And look what he did in verse 2. And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Verse 3, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands. Everybody say, all things. He was the boss. Everybody say, he was the boss. And that he was come from God and he went to God. He knew who he was. It was an identity moment for Jesus Christ. He had all things in his hands. He has everything. He doesn't need anything. Look what, look what God does when he realizes that he has everything. He rises from supper in verse 4, lays aside his garments, took a towel, girded himself, put it around him, and after that, he pours water into a basin, to a bowl, and he begins to wash the disciples' feet. He knows who he is. He's in charge, but now I'm going to serve. I'm the boss. I'm powerful. I'm the man of the house. Where's my towel at? If you're really in charge, this is what you do. If you're really powerful, this is what you do. If you really know who you are, you're a man, you're a leader, your anointed, your authority, all those words are for all of us today, not just men, then this is what you do when you have everything in your life. You serve somebody else. If you're not serving somebody else, it's probably because you yourself don't know who you are. You're not complete. You can't make people, get people into servant, servanthood until they're into authority. So we're going to talk about the boss wash, and everybody's saying in Jesus' name. And you can be seated today, and I'm so glad you're here. If you're a guest today, thanks for coming to be in church today. And thank you for coming to support your dads today. It's good to see by the Castles family. We love them so much. Beautiful family, wonderful people of God. And we know that God is going to bless today in this service, and we're so glad you're here. I won't preach long today. I only have four notes. That's about an hour and a half of preaching. And so, for me, but we, we're going to have a good time today. And uh, it's God's going to bless us, and then we'll let you have a good time with your, with your fathers today honoring in our men in our lives. John 13 and 1 is where we begin, and I will probably keep going, Sister Heather, if you want to just get the rest of that chapter. But this is where we're going to spring from today in John 13 and 1. And it's been a while since I've preached. I don't know if I'll be able to, to do it or not. I almost forgot how. It's been so long. But let's see if I can remember today. Um, so what's happening here is, is that uh, Jesus is having this moment where he realizes uh, he realizes who he is, that he is coming to the end of his earthly mission, and then at the end, the Bible says that he loves them. And this is very specific and very key, because the Bible tells us that he loved them even in the end. And that matters a whole lot. And I just want to take a moment, and I want to declare today that I'm thankful that Jesus loves us to the end. And that means something to me. And when you start to think about it, 
It'll make more sense. Knowing he was about to suffer and die, he loved us to the end. Knowing he's about to leave us, he still loved us. That's powerful to me. With the cross before him, he loved them. With his own battles, he loved somebody else. With his own issues to deal with, he thought about others. With what he had to accomplish and lose, his mind was on you. And his mind was on me. And his mind was on the disciples. Because this is a loving God that is about to give his life for his people. You see, some people only love you when it's convenient for them. Some people only love you when they get something out of it. But Jesus loved us when he was losing everything. Jesus loved us even when he was about to go through the greatest pain and the greatest suffering. The old, I think it's an old song that says, while he was on the cross, I was on his mind. Jesus is the employee that just turned in his two-week notice, and he still shows up early. And he still stays late. And he cleans up his workspace, even though he's leaving. Jesus is the employee that when he knows he's no longer going to be in school for the last couple weeks, he still finishes his grades and respects the teachers. Jesus is the one that he does not disrespect you in the end. He finishes what he starts. And I'm so thankful that Jesus loved us specifically in the ending. Because the ending is when he could have said, enough of all this. I've got to deal with my own issues. I've got to go to my own cross. Forget all of this loving everybody else. That's when he really loved us the most was when he was going through his most challenge and pain. He chose to love us. I'm so thankful that he chose to love us. He doesn't let his, his soon departure change his character and verse 2 says, supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon the betrayer, to betray him. Judas was loved by Jesus Christ. He was loved by Jesus and lied to by Satan. Because you can be loved and you can be deceived at the same time. It's important to note today that you can be loved and lost. You can be loved and lost. I think this summer I'm going to be doing a series called the, I like to rhyme sometimes. I don't know. I think I've, I would have been a rapper if I was backslid, but I could have been like a, 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 I don't know what I would have called myself, like the suburb rapper or something, maybe the, the tennis playing rapper. I don't, don't really know, but I like to rhyme some summer, the summer salvation series. And I, I, I really want to go on. I have a series ready to preach. I've been waiting for a time where there wasn't a preacher in the middle of the series, but I really want to go through a series that talks about the truth about salvation. Because we're living in a day of deceit and because you and I have so many friends that are so-called Christian, but they don't line up with the Word of God, there are so many people who, who literally think they're saved, and they're not. They're not according to Scripture. I'm not their judge. I just know hearing their own words, <laughs> they're not. I mean, watching their life, they're not. There's no fruit of salvation. There's no manifestation of salvation. And I want to do a series that I feel like God is going to really bless. And I think I've been fought on it, and I've been waiting for the right time, but I'm, I'm close. And I want to deal with it because you can be loved and lost. You can, be, you can feel loved and be lost. You can be in the presence of Jesus and feel his love and all that good stuff you feel in church and be lost. Like, hold on, Judas did. Judas did. Judas was among them. Judas was close to them, and Judas was deceived. Your proximity to Jesus does not, does not make it null and void that you can be deceived by Satan. You can be in the presence of the Lord and listening to the voice of the devil at the same time. So it's important we remember today that we are careful of confusing his love with the devil's absence. Just because Jesus loves us doesn't mean the devil is not around. I feel his love, pastor. That doesn't mean the devil's not working on you. 
I feel his love in this service. Oh, you better put your guard up because there's still a devil that's trying to come after your soul to take you down, even in the presence of Jesus, even at your Bible studies and in your prayer meetings. There is a voice trying to steal, kill, and to destroy you. You've got to make sure your guard is up, even with the flowers and the pictures of, of birds singing with you and Jesus. You can be loved and you can be lost. You can be confused that you're loved. And the devil is not around, and he's not speaking to you, but it's not true. Judas was close to Jesus, but being influenced by Satan. It's important to know that his presence is not his approval. Be careful saying, I just felt something. <laughs> that doesn't mean, well, that's good. What are you hearing? I mean, I I'm glad you're feeling stuff, but what are you hearing? You can feel his love and hear the voice of the enemy. He said, my sheep know my voice, don't feel my touch. I just felt something. I must be good. You're not good. What are you listening to? What's your vo What voice is in your head? Because the sheep know the shepherd's voice. They don't talk anything about what it feels like to be around. There's no feeling that I get sometimes, but I still hear his voice. Some of you think you're lost or think you're saved based on how you feel. You've got to disconnect your faith from your feelings. You've got to realize it's about obedience and doing the will of God and hearing the voice of the shepherd. I want to do his will. I want to hear his voice. And his presence is not his approval. Oh, I feel his presence here. I must be going to heaven. No. Don't be deceived, brother and sister. Don't be deceived because you felt goosebumps. I feel goosebumps. I used to feel goosebumps listening to Mariah Carey. My dad would always play his CDs, and we'd be cleaning the house on Saturdays, and she'd be over there going, ah, 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 ah. And, we would, and we would just be like, oh, oh, wow, powerful. That's not the Holy Ghost. That's not anointing. That's your emotion. His presence is not his approval. Somebody say it. His presence is not his approval. You feel him right now and you can still be lost. That's the tragedy of being so close to Jesus and being lost. That's the tragedy of Judas is that you were so close you could have got right. You felt him and you thought that being close to him was obedience. But in your heart you were listening to the voice of the enemy. I need to make sure this is clear today as we're preaching down this a line of thinking that not everybody in church has good intentions. They may look like they're a Christian, but that doesn't mean they have good intentions. It would be wise to make people prove themselves before you let them get close to you. It would be wise. You'd do well to make sure that the saint or the brother or the sister in the church that looks like they're a Christian is really a Christian before you open up your spirit to them. Let me go further. Because you can't judge the dedication of a disciple by how much they're loved. You cannot judge the dedication of a member of the church based on how good they're treated by God. I'm preaching to somebody right now. I'm telling you right now, it doesn't matter how many hugs they get or how much they're blessed financially or not. None of that matters. The blessings in their life have nothing to do with their dedication. You can be blessed by God and have bad intentions. His presence is not his approval, and neither is his love. So you better make sure you're careful not to let Judas get a hold of you. Because you can look like you're a part of the discipleship team have bad intentions to betray behind closed doors. So don't judge the dedication of a disciple or church member by how much they're loved and how good they're treated. Because love is not based on the merits of a man, but it's based on the character of our God. It has nothing to do with us. It has all to do with him. So we are loved not because we're worthy of his love. We're loved because he is love. We are loved and treated good, and we don't deserve it. And guess what? The people that we love in this church don't deserve it either. The love you give to me, I don't deserve. We love because it's our character, our nature. It is not deserved. And the way we treat people in this church, you should never know we've got a problem with them. You see me hug somebody and love on them, that doesn't mean they're doing good. bring him close, 
That doesn't mean they're right. Oh, he eats with sinners and oh, he eats with sinners and publicans. Well, well, pastor, pastor, he treats those people like they're never doing anything wrong. That's because I love them. That's because I care. But just because we treat people good doesn't mean they're right. And please never mistake how good we treat you for your righteousness. That's an Old Testament principle. You've got to get out of the Old Testament, get in the New Testament. We're going to love you in your sin. We're going to love you when you're betraying and deceiving and backstabbing and you're causing problems and gossiping. We still love you. Yeah, I know what, I know what the devil wants me to do. He wants me to treat people bad that treat us bad. That's not going to happen in the kingdom of God. You don't turn a cold shoulder on someone that did you wrong. You love them more. No, nobody knew that Judas was the betrayer because Jesus treated them all the same. So be careful, saints of God. Be careful. Because not everybody that we love loves us back. And not everybody that we hug and we greet and we pray for is living right. My care for people and your care for people is not a sign of someone else's commitment. Please don't mistake my handshake and my warm smile and good to see you, brother, for you're going to go to heaven. Maybe I'm doing that because you're not, and I'm trying to get closer to you. If I could just shake the pastor's hand, I'd feel better. Why? I'm shaking your hand because you're probably lost, and I'm trying to win you to God. I'm trying to show the love of God to you. Maybe I didn't want to go eat with you because everything's fine. I did it because I felt called to love you, to treat you good, no matter how you treat me, no matter how you treat others. This is the model. This whole spirit today is about the model of Jesus Christ and the way he treats people. This is Christian living 101. We've got to get this in our spirits today. We've got to model ourselves after Jesus. You can be a betrayer. You can be betraying me. You can be deceiving me, and I can even know it, but I'm still going to love you. This is what Jesus wants from us because he's the boss. And if you're going to be a boss, you better be like this boss. This is how you live. This is how you live. John 13 and 3, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands. Here we get to the main part of the message. And that he was come from God and went to God. He gets up. He puts aside his outer garment here. He takes a towel. He wraps it around himself. That's what they did back in the day. And they would put it right here on their on their run their belly, and they would let it hang down so that when they would get down to wash feet, it would be hanging there. And he got up, and he got some water, and the Bible says after he realized how powerful he was, he began to serve other people because he was the boss. Wow, what a shocker. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He has everything. You think, you think that they ought to be washing his feet. You think that maybe he should be sitting back because he's the king and he should have those people doing the little little fan of the leaves and eating, feeding grapes to him and, and rubbing his feet. You think that that's what would happen. You think that when you get a revelation of being a boss, that you get to boss. You think that if you're really the king, you'd get to tell everybody what to do. What is he doing getting a towel? What is he doing getting a towel? What is he doing getting down and bowing down before these people? What is he doing? Don't you know who you are? Yes, he does. This is the manifestation of true authority. This is what real authority looks like. True authority. If you're really the man, you don't have to say it. If you're really the boss, you don't have to say it. If you're really in charge, it shows up more in how you serve people than how you boss people. Oh, God, help us today. I want to get a spirit in this place about us that says, yes, I'm in charge, but this is how I live. This is how I treat people. I know I'm in charge. I know who I am. So the Bible tells us that, that Jesus knew he was the boss. Some say it like this in our culture, oh, he's the man. But for this, it would be he's the God. He had all things in his hands, all things in his hands. He had all authority in his hands. He could do anything. He could kill everybody. He could snap his fingers and just snap necks. He could do whatever he wants. He had total control and authority. And what did he do when he had total power? 
bowed down. And he began to wash people's dirty, stinky toes. Don't let me get on feet today. Y'all know where I go when I get on feet. I got to move on quickly. It was clear where he came from. It was clear where he was going. Now watch what the real power does, church family. Power, the real power, takes off the outer garment, the social symbol of his identity, and is left with the look of a servant. Real power doesn't care what it looks like. I want everybody to think I'm strong. I want everybody to think I'm tough. No, what you want is you want to scare everybody into submission. You want the look of authority because you're scared that people won't do what you say. We've got to be careful of our look. If I'm truly a boss, I don't have to look like I can beat everybody up. The scariest guy in school is not the one that looks like he can kill everybody. It's the one over there that ain't talking to nobody. Y'all watch the news? It's not the one going around picking on everybody. It's the one that's been picked on. Yeah. You don't say it if you're really capable of it. You just do it. And so this look, we got to be so careful to make sure that we're not going around having this look, this look of power, this look of I'm going to fight you, this look of I'm going to take you out. You're afraid of being a servant. You're afraid that people won't listen to you. You won't get your way. So we use things like anger. Anger is a control mechanism that men most of the time use. Men use anger to get their way. And we say it like this, well, I just got angry. That's fine. The Bible says anger and sin not. That means let the passion of anger create good works in you. You get angry because you're not getting a raise, go to work earlier. You're not really angry, are you? Let anger be a tool used for good. But this look of, of manliness, this look of power, you've got to be so careful because that look is really a front sometimes to try to get domination over others to give in to your will. Well, that's not the model of the boss. Because the boss I'm talking about today, Jesus Christ, he doesn't get his way through power and authority and power trips and bowing up on people. He told Peter, he said, put your sword up. I could call down legions of angels right now and kill every single one of them. I'm not weak because I'm giving in. I'm not weak because I'm letting them do this to me. I know what I'm doing. So he takes off the outer garment, the social symbol of his identity. He said, you know, you know what? I'm in charge, so let me look like I'm not. Yep. And the Bible says he gets a towel, ties around his waist, and he starts to wash their feet. And the question that I pose today is, why are you serving others, Jesus? And the answer would be, because I know who I am. But wait a minute, Jesus, if you're all-powerful and you have everything, shouldn't you be weighted on hand and foot? Shouldn't everybody serve you? And the answer he would reply back is no, and here's the reason why. I don't need anything from you. I just need my wife to love me. I just need her to serve me. I just need my wife to, and then I'll do it. You're not the boss. The boss doesn't need anything. The boss just needs to submit to Jesus. All the boss needs is Jesus. If you're really the boss, if I'm the boss, if I'm really in charge, I don't need you to do anything for me to do right. Oh, I know it sounds, it sounds easy to say. It's hard to do. I mean, I, I'm with you guys too. It's tough on me when my wife isn't maybe doing everything I want her to do. But you know what? We've got to get to a place in our lives, men, where it doesn't matter what our kids do or our wife does, we're going to live right. Well, she's not treating me right, Pastor. We've got to get to the place where we realize where we come from and where we're going and who our father is. It doesn't matter who our wife is when we know who our father is. It doesn't matter who our kids are if we know who our father is. We've got to learn to be the boss. Guess what? We're going to church. I don't care what y'all do. We're going to church. Why? Because I am the boss. What does it 
mean that we slam people or hurt people. That means that we are able to stand on our own two feet and declare, I don't have to have anybody else to live this way. I'm going to live what's right. I'm going to do what's right. No matter what anybody else does, I don't need you. The boss does what's right, no matter what's happening around them. The boss serves even people that are trying to kill you. That's the boss. The boss wash today. He says, I know who I am. I don't need anything. I have everything. Watch this, y'all. My feet don't need washing. Lord, what can I do for you today? Oh, he's like, well, I got a scratch. I can't. Can you get my scratch? Get it right here. It's so, it's so funny how we talk to God. It's like, God, do you need any help today? He's like, I'm God. How do, you, how do you talk to God? It's like, Lord, I'm just here. I'm just here to help, Lord. What can I do for you, Jesus? That's how we pray sometimes. What can I do for you, Jesus? Praise the Lord. What can we do for you, Jesus? What can I do for you? How can I help you out? You can't help God out. I can't, I can't help God out. I can't do it. Neither can you. There's nothing we as finite human beings can do. He has everything. He owns everything. He does not need our help at all. When you truly start to get big in church, you don't need anybody's approval. You're going to do what's right no matter if anybody else does anything. You, you get free of the spirit of if you do this, I'll do this. You get free of that spirit. You, you no longer are a victim. But if you treat me bad, I'm going to treat you bad back because you're not the boss. You think I'm just talking about men today. I'm not. I'm talking about bosses as princes and princesses of the king. I'm talking about the authority that we have as women and men of God. We have authority in our lives. We are in charge. We submit to God. We don't need anybody else to do it for us to do it because we've got a channel before us and Jesus Christ. We are submitted to him. We are in charge. We're rulers in this world. We are the bosses. I'm talking about the spirit of in charge today. I'm talking about if you're really a boss today, what it looks like to be powerful. I don't need anybody to serve God. I'm going to serve God because I'm, I'm in charge. I'm in charge of my life. I'm in charge of my walk with God. Hurt me. Keep hurting me. It doesn't matter. I'm going to do what's right. Y'all see what I'm, I'm saying today? I'm going to be at church, and I'm going to do right, and I'm going to be giving and giving my tithes no matter what none of y'all do. I'm going to do it. Why? Because I really have authority on me. I have power in my life. I'm going to live this way. If nobody lives this way, no excuses, no hurting my feelings and me getting out of church. I am the one with the authority. I don't need anybody else to love me, to love them back. Because I'm the boss. God give us that spirit. This is why the greatest among us is the greatest servant, Jesus said. Because when you know who you are and where you are going, you no longer seek to impress and be bragged on by people. I try my best to brag on our volunteers, but if you do it for my bragging, you're not going to last in the kingdom of God. You never, ever work for the Lord because you're trying to get a public uh, bragging moment or compliment or someone pats you on the back. If you need that, you're not doing it for Jesus. If you need recognition, you're not doing it right. If you have to have someone like your video, you're not doing it right. If you have to have somebody brag about your post or share it, you're not doing it right. We do what we do under the Lord. We don't need anybody's response. We do what's right. Whether people agree or not, we stand our ground. We do what is right. We don't need to impress or be bragged on. We're content like our Father. We're content. Just think I need this to be a little bit more lively today and I could worship. No, we're content. I just need to be married. No, I'm content. I just need a baby. No, I just I'm content. Are you a, are you in charge? Do you have authority? We are reigning on the earth as kings and priests. We have authority, and this is what the boss lives like and talks like and thinks like. This is what it's about. It's servanthood. Because we're secure. Because we're complete. We don't get our emotions in a frazzle and all in a dizzy and all. Oh, 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 oh. 
You can't trigger us. You can't rattle us. You know what God's been doing in this church for the past five years? He's been trying to trigger you to see if you could be promoted or not. And if you've been triggered and you failed, you can get back up. You can get right. I have messed up many times. I've gotten back up and gotten right. But you know what God's been doing the last five years? You know why there's been some shaky ground? Because God's trying to see who he can trust. Who will still be standing when other people leave. Who will still be faithful when others are mad and talking. He's trying to see if he can trust you. He's trying to see if you're going to be standing. Because he needs to see who the authority is in the kingdom so that we can promote the authority. We can promote those who are secure, those who are committed, those who are dedicated. Because God can use you, Peter. You hear me? God can use you, Peter. He can use you to preach Pentecost one day. Let me keep going. You can become a blessing because you know you're blessed. You can give because you've already received. I don't need anything. I have everything I need in Jesus. Anybody want to get to that place where you have everything you need in Jesus? Anybody want to get to that place where you're totally free, where it doesn't matter how anybody treats you in your marriage or your family or your job, you're totally free that you can live this life no matter what they do? It would be good for every one of our marriages today if you would just make your mind up, I don't care what they do, I'm serving God. I don't care what they do, I'm loving them. I don't care what they say, I still care for them. This is what it means to be in charge, apostolic people. We don't have to have it to, to function. So if Jesus has everything, this comes to the end here, what does he want then? If Jesus owns everything and has everything and all things are given to his hand, then what does he want? You ready to find out with me? Let's find out. John 13 and 6. Then he goes to Simon Peter, and Peter says to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Boy, this is a bold man here. This is a bold man. This is a man here that he ain't going to take nothing from nobody, even Jesus. Yeah, whew, that's what I said. That's scary. Makes you want to scream out in church. Jesus answered and said in verse 7, what I do, you don't know what I'm doing, but you will know later. Because he's a boss, he ain't going to tell you everything. <laughs> you know, somebody's in charge and they're just looking at you like, I'm not going to tell you, but do it. Because he doesn't owe us anything. He does what's best for us and we don't have to understand it. And so he's going to Peter saying, I'm going to wash your feet, sir, and you're not going to know why I'm doing it, but you're going to let me do it. And Peter says, he, he loses it. He says, look what he says. He says, thou shalt never. It's like, a, it's like the 11th commandment. Thou shalt never wash my feet. Who is this man? You was catching fish a couple weeks ago. Now you're telling Jesus what to do. Remember, y'all, remember you can be in the church and be out of line. You can be close to Jesus and be talked to by the enemy. Remember, y'all, don't, don't say it can't happen to me. It can happen to you. You can be a favorite and be wrong. And Peter, because he's a man's man, standing up, and here's the, here's the answer to the question, what does Jesus want if he has everything? He wants access. Look what he says. He says, if I wash you not, you have no part with me. Peter, today, you and I, our journey stops right here. If you don't let me serve you, if you don't let me serve you, we're done. Somebody hear it in the Holy Ghost today. If you don't let God serve you today, we're done. I did not say if you stop serving him. That's not the problem. You know why it's not the problem? Because there's many of us in the kingdom who love to serve others. I'd like to be a leader and serve. We have an application open for a leader who would like to be a leader. Oh, me, me, I want to be a leader. I want to be a boss. I want. Oh, you don't believe it's true? How come then whenever we get rid of a leader, they get mad and quit? Because we love the, what we think is power. We, we taught our leaders wrong. You, you should be thankful whenever you get fired from a job. Because now you get to sleep. Hey, don't feel sorry for me. When I retire one day from pastor, I'm going to be partying, y'all. Be partying. My hair's going to grow back. <laughs> I'm going to be partying. 
You've got the wrong idea of what power is if you think it's bossing people all the time. The real idea of power is washing feet all the time, taking junk and dirt and stinky stuff. But Peter had this issue. See, Peter thought, no, you ain't washing. You ain't going to serve me. You, can't, you know how embarrassing it is to let somebody serve you? You know how humbling it is for someone to be allowed to access your little crooked toe? Thank you for wearing open-toed shoes today, ladies. We can, ah, he tried to hide, Samantha. I see you. Thank you all so much at the front row. You know how embarrassing it is to let Jesus wash you, serve you? It's humbling to let God do something for you that you, that you need done in your life. Let's talk about Peter for a second, all right? Quite possibly the most manly man of the hour in the Scripture. He was a fisherman, hardworking. He was a married man. He was a provider of his home. No doubt these qualities can be wonderfully used by God, and they were. The problem is that Peter has the easy ability to react emotionally and make promises that he doesn't intend to back up. His zeal can be an issue when unchecked, when unsubmitted before God. He told Jesus he'd be willing to go to prison and to death. But the moment they came out to take him, he runs. It's easy to say some things, Mr. Boss. It's hard to do it. A real boss doesn't talk it. He just does it. He also cuts off a servant of the high priest's ear. When they took Jesus to be crucified that very night, he cut off someone's ear. Jesus is like, put away your sword, quit, put up your nine millimeter, chill out. We, we, I got this, Peter. He's always trying to be that man. Like at Christmas time when someone needs to open a package, you're like, you may have a knife and like 45 people bring out knives. You're just trying to show off the biggest pocket knife at Christmas. Thanks, guys. It's a man thing. It's a man thing. I'm going to guard you, protect you, Jesus. Jesus had to consistently rebuke him and correct him, even fixing his messes all the time. But he only corrected him because he believed in him. I've got to get this across today in the Holy Ghost. The only reason that Jesus corrects people is because he believes he can use you in great ways. The greatest compliment that I will ever give you is correction. This correction hurts me like it hurts you. It's as awkward for me as it is for you. I think I enjoy doing stuff like that. I look for every way around it. But I do it because it's worth it. Kind of like discipline is worth it for your kids. You don't love your kids if you don't discipline your kids. Let's move on. But whenever you give correction, it's because you believe in that person. And a pastor that never corrects doesn't believe in you. He believes in himself, and he only is for himself. He never gets his hands dirty. Correction is a compliment, and constantly Peter was being corrected by Jesus because he was one of the strongest anointed men of God. He had to have the most correction. And if you are against correction, you will lose your position in the kingdom. Peter, if you don't let me get involved in your dirty mess, we're done. I don't want anybody to know I have a problem. We're done. Want you to have to help me, and everybody know that I have dirty feet. We're done. If you're not willing to expose your dirty feet, I don't care how strong you think you are. You're done. God help us today not cut off our relationship with Jesus over dirty feet. This moment is just like all the rest. Peter thinks it's absurd to allow Jesus to wash his feet. And Peter is definitely not the guy that goes and gets the pedicure with his wife like I did one time. And that is it. She was like, we charge you double. Because <laughs> my toes were so messed up and crooked. I had to get one out of hiding and a third toe just hides and just a little bit shy. Peter's not the guy that goes with his wife to get a pedicure. Any other guys go with your wife and will testify? You ever done that with your wife before? That's pretty embarrassing. Brother Joe, thanks for rescuing me. Appreciate you. See me after church. Appreciate that. Peter's not the guy that lets someone get in his toes and wash his feet. He's the manly man. He's the boss man, so he thinks. And Peter meant well, but he was confused. You see, Peter was more than ready to wash everybody else's feet and tell them what they're doing wrong. But he had a hard time when somebody got in his face 
and told him what he was doing wrong. You're not a real man because you boss everybody in the church. You're a real man when you can take it. God help me to be a real man of God by how much I can take it, not how much I can dish it. Because everybody wants to sign up to tell everybody you're wrong. But God help us have a spirit about us that says, now what am I doing wrong? Are my feet also dirty? See, here was Peter's issue, and this is many people in authority's issue. Many fathers struggle with this. Many uh, strong-willed people struggle with this. Here's the issue. We come across as, I have the answers for everything, and I need to help you, but we never want anybody to speak into our lives. And you are cutting off the anointing and authority in your life when you will not let people above you talk into your life and tell you that you need your feet washed too. You know what I felt today in the Holy Ghost for someone, and I'm almost done. We work so hard to serve everybody else. When do we get served? Men, you work and you work and you work. I know that you do. You've got to work in this economy. There's no way. They're like, all the jobs are coming back. You've got to to get gas. Biden's like, we got all the jobs coming back. But you keep raising the gas prices. They have to work. Three jobs. I think it's just correlation to gas. But I know that you work, guys. You work hard. You work in the sun. You work in the heat. It's stressful out there. We got the strongest, hardest working men. And anywhere in the world, right here at AFC, I know that you work hard. But when do you get your feet washed? Always trying to take care of it. But you never let anybody get down. Wash your feet. You don't ask for advice from your pastor. Too much pride. Pride will make you tell everybody what's wrong with them. Pride will make you work long hours to provide for your family. But pride will not let you get down and say, what about me? And what needs to happen with all authority, myself included, is we've got to have moments where we let somebody else wash us. The reason why I travel to Oklahoma City and I spend my own money to do that and I sit there is because I need someone to wash me. And the reason why we lose the ministers and men of God and they go crazy is because they always give out but they never receive. Because these men have so much pride. They can boss everybody around but they never let anybody boss them. Jesus said if you're really in charge, if you really want to be used by me, you sit down, shut up. And let me clean your life. The reason why we have weak men is because we're not submitted men. I'm talking weak spiritually. I don't, I don't care how much you can bench press. I don't care how many hours you can work for something that's going to go in the grave and go in the ground. I'm talking about we have weak spiritual men because you won't sit down, take a break, and say, my feet are dirty too. I've got issues. I've got pornography. I've got this. I'm dealing with this. Uh, what about my time? I need help. I confess. I'm not right. You're trying to keep your image up like you're the boss, but this is how the boss washes. Today the Lord sent me to tell you men, leaders, women, whoever you are today that's in charge, you've got to stop every now and then pouring out on everybody else. You've got to sit down and let somebody help you. You need to be fed too. You need to be washed too. You need your issues dealt with. Just because you're strong and you're powerful and you're a hard worker doesn't mean you're right. You can be working all the time and providing all the time and you can be lost because you won't let anybody help you. You know, you know how God's going to resurrect men back in America and back in the church is we're going to start saying as men, what about me? I need help too. We act so tough. We act like we can do it. It's a lie. You really want to be in charge? Know your limitations. Know that you also need cleaning, and we will not look down at you. Because it was Jesus' idea. He had to force Peter strongly. He had to force him strongly. Y'all catch that? Loving Jesus had to get in, in that man's face and say, sit down or we're done. Because that's how you got to talk to people that are strong-willed sometimes. Sit down or we're done. And by the way, that is Bible language, just so we're clear. 
care of us 2022, sometimes the pastor's got to say, sit down or we're done. There's another church down the road for you. That is Bible talk, y'all. I don't care what the spirit of the day says. I don't care. That's Bible talk, y'all. If you can't be served, you can't serve. Watch this. You ready? We're almost done. How do you learn how to wash somebody else's feet? We got new mics on the way, by the way. We already ordered them. <laughs> Take five months to get here like everything else. How do you learn to wash feet for someone when you never let anybody wash yours? You know why we have weak men? Because we don't have men that say, teach me how to wash feet. I'm going to sit here and let you serve me so that I can serve somebody else. How do you learn to love people if you don't let Jesus love you? Sometimes, guys, you got to stop working. Take off every Sunday. Don't work every day of the week. Come to church. Come to the altar. Let us gather around you and pray for you and wash your feet, not because you're weak, not because you can't make it, but because you're human. And you've got responsibilities and wives and children and stress. You deserve to have your feet washed too. Oh, God, help us today in the Holy Ghost right now in Jesus' name. This was a make-or-break moment. You sit here and let me serve you, Peter, or we are done. You can only go so far with Jesus working for him. There comes a point where, you must, where he must work for you. Everybody wants to work for the Lord. Can I get on the platform? I want to work for the Lord. He don't need you. Well, can, I, can I join the music team? He doesn't really need you. We prove that on Sunday nights. I thank God for our musicians and singers, but we can do it if you quit. You can't hang anything over a church that not have revival. You can't hang, all, we need, all we need is a gathering of faith, and we'll have revival and pray folks through the Holy Ghost. Give me a river somewhere. I don't care where it is. We'll baptize them and do it. All we need is just to submit to God, and all the other stuff is nice. But we can make it with anointing and unity and power because we're the bosses. We don't have to have anything. We just need Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. comes a point where he's got to work for us because his feet are clean. Your feet are dirty. My feet are dirty. Here's the logic. We learn how to wash others when we let Jesus wash us. We learn to serve others when we let others serve us. Pride will preach but won't get preached to. Pride will counsel others but won't get counseling. Pride will give but it will never take. Oh, no, no, I'm going to give, but you won't take. I'm going to dish, but I won't take. Pride is willing to be in charge, but pride will not be led. And finally, Peter gets the message, and you know what he does? He says, Lord, I want to be used so much by you. I want to be so close to you. Don't just wash my feet. Wash my hands. And my head while you're at it. Because if you serving me gives me a greater proximity to you and uses me more in the kingdom, then you can wash anything you want to wash. Look, he only asks for his feet. But when you get the revelation, you give him your hands and your head. That's the second mile. That's the spirit moving. That's him hearing the voice. That's him going further than the requirements. He said, just let me wash your feet. But when you catch it, you say, no, wash everything. There's nothing hidden from you. There's no place on me that won't be exposed. Take everything in my life. There's a correlation to my anointing and my authority and being a boss and receiving from you that you've got access to every part of me. That's why I told you Wednesday night, we promote people at AFC that have not hidden. Because people that hide and people that are secretive, you have nowhere to go with God.
Holy Ghost is saying today in this place, if you want to be a boss, if you want to be in charge, we need you desperately. But here's what you do when you are. You grab a towel and say, I'm good. I've got everything I need in Jesus. I want to serve. But on a human level, you go further than that. You say, you know what? I can't carry it all. I give all the time. I need someone to serve me. And Jesus taught his disciples, they're going to know that you're my disciples by your love, one for another. You wash my feet, I'll wash yours. You talk to me about my problems, and I'll, I'll talk to you about yours. I'll tell you what's wrong with me, and you say what's wrong with you, and together we'll confess and we'll be healed. That's the model of Jesus. We all can wash each other's feet. There's a plan for the church, and we can all have authority. We can all submit to each other. He built the church so that we could grow and be powerful and be in charge. There is no contending for position in the kingdom because the greatest among us is the greatest servant. Lord, help us be, have the boss washed. Help us be washed and help us to wash. In the name of the Lord Jesus, thank you, God, for your word today. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost that I feel in this place talking to somebody. I know that you've sent me here today on Father's Day, men who are the symbols of leadership and authority and great power. And God, today, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would loose on us that spirit that says, then you can have access to all of me. I'm not hiding. I'm not going to hide. I'm not acting like I'm in charge anymore without the fruit of power. I'm not going to just talk it and puff it up and pride it up. I'm going to be honest with you. I've got some dirty feet too. I tell everybody else what to do all day. But look at me, Jesus. I've got my own issues I need help with. God wants to promote people in this church, and God has a plan for you, Peter. But hear me right now. We cannot go further if all you want to do is tell everybody what's wrong with them. But you never want anybody telling you. What we need to happen in our men today is for there to be a revival of, please tell me what's dirty in my life. If you will let Jesus wash you, I'm telling you right now, you can preach Pentecost one day. You can preach Pentecost one day. If you will get it in your spirit, I'm going to stop hiding and I'm going to let everything be exposed. All that our God wants is access to you. Access. Wash me, wash me, wash me. Wash me means I'm dirty. Wash me means I need help. Wash me means I know I can't do it without you. Give us a spirit today, God, that says I need your help if I'm going to stay in charge, stay mighty, stay powerful. Men, I challenge you today and tell you that you have great potential and God wants to anoint your homes, anoint your lives and your finances. But listen to me, you've got to get to a place where you say out loud, you wash everything, you can see everything wrong with me. I'm humble, I'm open, I want you to bless me because I can't carry this by myself. I need to have your help, Jesus. I need your help, Lord. There's no way that I can make it. And if you will pray that prayer and let God bless you, then you can go find somebody else and you can begin to serve them and God will give you a ministry of great authority and power. Lord, I pray today, let the greatest among us, let those with the most ability take the most correction, open up the most, and you will bless us like never before in the name of Jesus. I thank you today, God, for every father, every man today, every mentor. I thank you, God, today for men who were called to lead. They were called to serve. They were called to be powerful and have authority. I thank you for every leader today, every, every person in authority today, that you use them in some way or another. I, help, I hope today, God, that this word can help us understand that the greatest must get down and walk. Wash someone else's feet, God. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for your help today. I'd like for anyone today that you are in any kind of authority today, because I'm not just preaching to guys today. Anyone who has authority over anybody else, 
I want to see today, if we can pray today before we leave, that God would help us look in the mirror and say, you know what, I know I've got ability and power and authority and I've got gifts, but what I also know is my feet need washing too. And I've got to have people in my life that are helping me get things right so I can stay on the course, so I can preach Pentecost one day, so I can do the will of God. I cannot live my entire life always giving out and never receiving. God, help us break that spirit of pride in us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Speak to us in the Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell you right now what I feel in the prophetic and the word of the Lord right now. I feel the gifts of the Spirit operating. The Lord is speaking because men have been beaten down so much. Men have a complex where they're trying to puff themselves up like they're strong, but deep inside they're hurting. And the Lord just showed me a vision of men in our society that our culture is trying to destroy them and demasculate them. But I just saw you trying to act tougher than you really are because you refuse to admit I need to be washed. I'm telling you right now in the Holy Ghost, sir, listen to me, Father, listen to me. If you want great authority in your life, minister, if you want great authority in your life, make sure you've got your feet open, exposed, your hands out, and your head uncovered so that you can receive a washing every single day. Have an open channel to correction, open channel to cleansing. In the name of Jesus, we're going to defeat this spirit, this culture in our day. We're going to get the men where they need to be. We're going to bless men. We're going to fight for men. We're going to support men because God has a purpose for you, Peter. God believes in you. He's called you. He knows you can do this. You've just got to make a commitment right now. You can wash me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You can wash me. You can wash me. I give you access, Lord. Family struggles, say you can wash me. Stop trying to wash everybody else for a season and say you can wash me. Family troubles, go on a fast and say you can wash me. Family troubles, financial problems, stress, uh, tell the Lord, you can wash me. I can't do this without you. I can't do this dirty. You can help me. I've got my own problems. Trying to be tough all the time, but we're falling and we're failing and we're, we're secretly backsliding because we act tough, but we're deep inside we're hurting. There are strong women here right now, too, that you've had, had to become the man uh, and, and symbol. You've had to be the leader and you can't carry anything. You need to let somebody wash you, somebody serve you. You deserve it. You need it. And this is the principle of God. If you're going to be truly anointed by God, you've got to have a place of consistent washing. Thank you, Jesus. Praise your name today, Lord. I love you, Jesus. Let the Holy Ghost minister right now. Father, Father, I want you to, I want you to make us like you. I want to know who I am. I want to know where I come from. I want to know where I'm going. I want to know that I've got power and authority right now in the name of Jesus. We are the head and not the tail. God, we are the front, not the back. By the name of Jesus, we are your children, Lord. God, we are priests and we are princes and kings, Lord, on the earth. We have great authority. We are servants. And we have the power to say to somebody else, I've got to deal with some stuff. I don't care what my wife's going through or my kids. I'll help you as soon as I can get myself right. There's no telling what you can do, sir. There's no telling what you can be, sir, if you will just make the way to the front today and say to the Lord, I've got some feet that need washing today. God will anoint you, sir. God will give you great power and authority. God will make you complete and whole in him if you will make your mind up. If you're a leader today, if you have authority today, then you can say, let me wash. Let me first be washed so that I can learn how to love somebody else the way that you love me. I can help somebody else. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Let the Holy Ghost minister right now in this place. Come on, with great humility comes great authority and a great voice. You'll get respect that you're looking for, sir. Men, you want respect? Then go to the Lord and say, I need to be washed. If you want your family to respect you and look up to you, then get a prayer life. Let them see you praying. Let them know that you seek God and they'll look up to you, sir. You can do it, Peter. I didn't call you to throw you aside. I called you because I see the potential and the anointing in you. I I called you. That's it, guys. I called you all the way from the front to the back and side to side. He called you, and he wants to change you and correct you and cleanse you so that he can make you into his image. 
If you will get that in your spirit today, God will use you in a mighty way. God will make your family whole. God will take care of your finances and bless you. If you will say, forget what they do, I'm going to serve the Lord. Forget what they do, I'm going to serve the Lord. They may not want to be washed, but I'm getting washed. Come on, let the real men today step up to the front and lead the charge and say, I don't care what anybody else does, Pastor. I'm going to make sure I'm right with God and my spirit is right and my words are right and I'm going to make sure that I have a love for people because this is how you can use me. They may not want to change, but I'm going to change because I have been called by Jesus. Come on, be the boss the right way. Be the boss the right way. Be the boss the God way. Be the boss the holy way. Be the boss, grab a towel, and let's change the world. Come on, God's going to anoint you, sir. I don't care what yesterday was. I don't care what's happening in your home right now. You are a called man of God. You are called right now, today. So respond to Jesus. Don't disconnect your anointing because you've got too much pride to say, Lord, help me. Lord, help me as the pastor to be humble, God, and submit myself. Help me, God, to seek after a washing and seek after advice. Lord, help me lead the way. We all need it in Jesus' name. We all need it in Jesus' name. Come on, I can't carry this. I can't do this alone. I can't do this without the help of Jesus. It's too much for me. I don't have answers for my wife. I don't have answers for my kids. i got to have the help of the Lord. You can't do it by yourself, sir. You weren't built to do it alone. You were built to make a covenant with God and let him cleanse you and wash you. You are not what your wife has called you. You are not what your dad has called you. You are what Jesus says that you are. You are not what your past says that you are. You are a called of God. He said you are no longer going to be called Simon. He said, I change your name to Peter. You are not just someone who is a listener. You are someone who is steady. Because the Bible says he changed the name of Peter from a listener to a rock, from someone who heard to someone who was solid. Come on, don't just be a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word. Be solid, Peter. Be a rock. Be Petra. Your daddy wasn't stable, but you're Peter. You're a rock. You hear me, fathers? Your dad wasn't there for you. I'm telling you that I call you Peter. You are Petra. You are rock. You are solid. The devil's a liar. He can't have our men. He can't have our men doesn't matter where you come from. What matters is where you're going. I know where I come from. I know where I'm going. I know where I'm going. Men, you know where you're going. You're going to walk right. You're going to talk right and live right in Jesus' name. And if you're a wife and you're a spouse, you ought to be praying for your husband right now. You ought to be praying for the fathers right now. If you're just here watching us, you ought to be praying for the fathers right now because on their shoulders is the responsibility to have to have answers and provide and protect. And today we strengthen our fathers. We lift up our men. They're leaders by nature, by origin. They're leaders in Jesus' name. I promise you every woman wants to pray right now, God bless the men. I promise you what happens in their life comes back home to you. And you ought to be praying right now, Lord, help them get washed. Help them get their feet clean. You ought to be praying right now, Lord, I pray they'll have the strength to let somebody help them because we get weak sometimes and the wives can feel it and the wives can see it. And when you travail and when you intercede, you pray God give them the strength to get his feet washed. The Lord, that's it, man. Right now, I pray the blessings of God on you a restoration, a spirit of peace. God, I pray right now, let the cleansing of the Lord begin to flow in the name of Jesus for the responsibility on your shoulders. It is going to be cleansed, it is going to be dealt with. You can be clean, you can be washed. You've got direct lineage and closeness to Jesus in the name of the Lord, Brother Wes, Brother Dale. That's it. In Jesus' name, Brother Chris, that's it, Ernest. You can do it. In the name of the Lord, that's it, Brother Jason. Right now, in Jesus' name, Brother Joe, 
That's it. We can do it, guys. That's it. That's it. Just seek counsel. Seek help. Humble yourself before the Lord. Have the hard conversations. Make the tough phone call. I can't do this, Pastor. I feel like leaving. I feel like checking out. I feel like getting out of here. I feel like getting on a video game or watching a movie all night long. I can't keep doing this. You just need to be washed. Come on. You've got dirty feet because of life. It's not because you're trying to be a sinner. It's because you live in the world, because you walk down pathways that are dirty. And every now and then you've got to sit down and be served. You work too hard. You go too much. You need a day of rest and worship to recharge, recalibrate. In the name of the Lord Jesus, baptize us right now with a fresh purpose. I know where I come from. I know where I'm going. I know who I belong to. I've got authority in my life. Our women are going to be safe at Austin First Church because the men are going to seek the help that they need to serve their families. This is the boss wash today. Come on, you don't lose your authority because you serve others. That's the reason why you serve others. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We love you. We're seeking you today, Jesus. We're worshiping you today, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Oh, God. Oh, God. I can't do it without you. I can't do it without help. I can't do it alone. The devil's a liar. He says go independent. The devil says do it on your own. The devil says get away from everybody else. No, 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 no. You've got to have help. You've got to let him wash you. You've got to get there and let somebody spend time at your feet. It's okay to let someone help you guys. It doesn't mean that you're weak. It means that you're wise. It means you have purpose and calling. It means that God wants to anoint you for greater things.